Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Contract Revolution. My guest on the show today is Jeff Rayleigh. He's the founder and CEO at Groundwork, a virtual sales tool that makes it really easy for homeowners to send you a video walkthrough of their project, which lets you instantly qualify prospects, pick the jobs you want, and increase in-person close rates. Our conversation is about how using video content in your pre-estimate nurture can help you get rid of the tire kickers and boost your SR. We talk a lot about the risks of over-leveraging AI and large language models like ChatGPT in your contracting business. That was really, really interesting. And lastly, we talk about why personalization is the best way to stand out in a competitive market. So let's dive in with Jeff Rayleigh. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Jeff, it's really good to see you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Benji. So what is Groundwork? Uh, why'd you make it? Tell us a little bit about your story and the, and the story of, of, of this product that you're working on. Yeah, so uh, the, the quick pitch, the quick idea is Groundwork is a, a virtual-based sales tool, video-based sales tool, um, and it's designed to help contractors run a more efficient sales process. Many contractors know the pain of running a sales appointment thinking it's, you know, the next big project that's going to make their month or quarter or year uh, and realizing they just wasted two hours of drive time. And, you know, so pre-qualification customer experience, homeowners want a, a more streamlined customer experience as well. So that's really what we provide is a way for contractors and homeowners to uh, collaborate at the early stages of the sales process to get to a spot where they both can be successful or not. And to do that in a very, very efficient way. Um, my generally my background's contracting, um, really started, uh, when I helped my dad build a deck off uh, the back of our house here in, in the, in Indiana back in like 2006, maybe, uh, no, I had to be 2002 or three, um, really liked the project, went into engineering school at Purdue and, uh, majored in construction, engineering and management, got into general contracting and have flipped houses with my wife, who's an interior designer and done a bunch of different other things outside of the construction industry, consulting and, um, you know, some small business and even some nonprofit work. So I've got a lot of random experiences that have led me to, um, kind of lead this company and, um, really bring those different viewpoints to the table, mm -hmm. um, to put some solutions together that really help contractors. Um, I've really fallen in love with helping, the, the entrepreneurs that, uh, make the world turn in many ways. So mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. kind of the history. Now your, uh, tool fits somewhere between sort of like the lead gen activities of a business and the project management of a business. Can you just outline quickly some of the functionality it has? And like, I hear what you're saying. It makes, it makes kind of that sales process more efficiently using virtual tools, but what's just like in very, very concrete language, what exactly does it do? Yeah. So our, our tool, um, and maybe I'll, I'll, by way of a story, I'll, I'll, I'll share some of the functionality. When this first got started, the, the, where I am right now, my, my house, we bought an old 70s ranch and I was um, needing some boxwoods removed. And I was like, man, you know what? I, I don't really want to wait around for contractors to come, sh you know, share their 
wisdom about how to remove these simple bugs, <laughs> you know, do this simple project. Um, I just shot a video of the project and, and put it in uh, a link and sent it out to a bunch of contractors. Um, that went pretty well. And that was really the beginning. So at the core, we are a um, video based system. So we've made it very easy for contractors to get a video project walkthrough from a homeowner before a sales appointment um, for simple projects like a you know quick, quick spruce up of some flower beds or something maybe that's done 100 virtually uh, priced mm -hmm. and sold 100 virtually but most of the time it's a first step in the sales process that uh, the way i like to describe it is you get on second base third base rounded towards home virtually build trust virtually start to have those conversations, uh, work towards price brackets. And then you can, then the visit at the home is truly a closing meeting, not just uh, kind of a first conversation. So it's really flipping the effort of the sales process mm -hmm. using video. And then it's also very text message driven as well. Um, we are not opposed to contractors picking up the phone and having a conversation, but um, you know, the world moves pretty quick and um, I'll probably have four cell phone calls here in this uh, podcast recording and I won't answer any of them. Um, so text messaging is really an easy way that we found to connect uh, and adding some video elements in there. And we do have some two-way videos so contractors can send a video back to, to homeowners as well, show face, start to build trust. Um, so it's really a collaborative sales tool is the way we think about it. Again, we don't generate any leads for contractors. It. It's really about taking those leads that you yep. get and making the most out of them yep. as efficiently as possible. You're not rocking up to a, an address blind. You've seen the project. You've actually seen, hopefully, in some depth, the scope of work that the client wants. You've heard their voice. You've seen if the yard is a complete dumpster fire, if it's pretty tidy. Like There's information gathering that right. helps you qualify, uh, build trust, communicate, et cetera. Okay, I, I, I got it. Um, you know, Jeff, vir virtual selling is a pretty polarizing topic. Um, some people are team, uh, you know, everything's going to be done through zoom and off of digital reports and we'll never shake hands again. Some people say, you know, I really can't sell unless I'm in front of the homeowner and all these tools are kind of nifty, but it's never going to work for me. What, like what, what's your personal mm -hmm. take on virtual selling? What, what is it, uh, what's it really good for? And then what are the other areas where it's maybe just not there yet? Yeah, so I mean, there's there's so many dimensions uh, I've I've used to kind of describe, um, kind of is it the right move or not for a given contractor. I think there's a there's a couple of um, things I could call out. One is complexity of the project. That's a pretty simple one. Um, if it's a as I mentioned, a simple boxwood removal or you know sprucing a bed or a powder room paint job, front door paint job, like those things are pretty easy. Um, and so those are the things that um, that you know quote virtual selling might be a good might be a good fit for. Um, we actually have really toyed around you know a, a little transparency on on our business. You know, virtual sales does have a like that those that term can be very very um, challenging to understand. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, so we lean more into collaboration in the way that we think about it, but. We have customers of ours that, um, you know, do, uh, as an example, uh, cabinet repaints, and they do it 100% virtually. Um, and so those, there's some complexity elements, you know, if it's design, design build stuff, outdoor living, 
um, kitchen remodel, those things, obviously you're not going to throw a $120,000 number out there without going to see it and poke around, you know, figure some things out. So that's the first thing is complexity. Um, another one that we talk a lot about is um, just the, the overhead structure of the business. Um, are you built for this, right? Do you have a sales team that you've trained up and do you have vehicles for those salespeople? Um, you know, that that's a, it's, it's a business strategy decision that ties into lots of times overhead structure. Um, if so that that's another one. Um, the, the last one I'll mention is lead flow. Um, if you have strong, strong lead flow, um, you can be picky. We talked to, I mean, you know, if you look at the contractors, <clears throat> the average contractor, um, we look at 10 leads a week or more and lots of contractors don't get to 10 leads a week. Mm. And when we talk to young contractors, um, you know, young being young in terms of business maturity, um, oftentimes my, my, you know, word to them is go press the flesh, you know, shake hands, give them hugs, kiss the baby, you know, make friends with their dog. You know, that in-person element is very important, especially when you're small and starting out. Um, mm -hmm. so that's another one is, is just lead flow. Um, so those are the couple of elements that, you know, there's no one size fits all. And, you know, there's a lot of dimensions yeah. to it, but, um, the, the, the truth of the matter is I think, um, you know, the, the newer age homeowners, the younger homeowners, more tech savvy homeowners, um, are going to force the hand of a lot of contractors to do stuff like this. Um, and so, that's going to be an, an element of the, the, the process of how things go here in the next couple of years as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we think about it. Uh, a couple of the elements yeah. we, we coach contractors to think about as they're considering a, a more virtual or digital first sales process. Your, your tool would help you be pickier. And so it's probably better suited for someone with a really healthy, really abundant lead flow where you're actually, you're actually looking for yep. a filtration system to, to, to discern this is like, this lead is hot like lava. This one, you know, we're maybe less interested in now that we've had a, a visual look at it. And that's sort of, you know, I'm sure there's other things, but that would be one big feature that yeah. people like about it is it helps you discern um, a little bit. So, okay. There's a, I mean, let me get your take on this. It's a very sort of uh, futurist uh, version of virtual selling and i feel like this was really at its height uh, during peak covid but there's still echoes of it in the space which is um you know every sale appointment is going to be done through zoom uh we're going to get like vr goggles and talk to our meetings through you know the metaverse metaverse we're going to do estimates through we're going to get all of our measurements using google maps and eagle view and hover and, and sort of things like this and uh, the the traditional sort of like doing a deal in the front yard or at the kitchen table is is all but forgotten and soon to be a distant memory. Do you believe that to be true, or is there is there more to it? Um, I think again, it goes back a little bit. Like, like I mentioned, we have some customers that that have that strategy, um, and some of it came uh, as a result of the you know pandemic and you know how flexible different areas were with getting out of the homes. And, um, but I kind of, kind of joke because, um, you know, in 2018, 
2019, as we were just getting started, um, the idea of a contractor on a Zoom call or FaceTiming with a customer was seriously laughable. Like it just did, it mm. wasn't going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. And man, did that change overnight. Um, you know, that's that was kind of the default way that people thought. Um, and then at least here in the States, in many, I know many areas, it was kind of like, okay, we're going to do a Zoom thing. And then all of a sudden it was like all hell broke loose. Demand was through the roof and it was just like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up. Um, so a lot of the, a lot of the zoom stuff kind of fell by the wayside. I've pulled rooms as I've, you know, gone and talked and talked to rooms and, um, very few people have that as a, a part of their sales process still. Um, I think there was a push that made it, uh, interesting and possible, um, and, and contractors may be interested in where that would go. But I mean, the truth is tools like zoom and they're not purpose built for contractors, um, and I think there's an, there's uh, just this kind of the elephant of the room in the room of like, how do I actually know what's going on here? Um, and there's a trust that I think contractors and homeowners still need to build in a slightly more nuanced way than just, hey, give me a price because I entered a few numbers into, a, into your mm -hmm. online spreadsheet or form or something. So I don't think that we're currently at a moment where homeowners are going to kind of outsource that emotion or just ignore the emotion involved in a home improvement or home service project. A lot of it's complex. It's a lot of money. Um, so maybe, maybe there's advancements and, you know, the process of getting those simple projects done virtually. Maybe there's some, some continual movement there, but when it involves a lot of dollars invasion into their own space, um, you know, that emotional element, that personal touch isn't going away anytime soon. I think it'll look different than, you know, shaking hands and, you know, kitchen, dining room, table, clothes type of meetings. But um, it, it'll look different, but it'll still be present yeah. because the emotion's still present. The dollars are still big in many of these cases. So um, it'll look different, but it'll still be there. Can I get your take on another, uh, let's say, polarizing topic? So, yeah. Obviously, uh, headlines are chock full of AI and artificial intelligence and all its many variants. Uh, for a blue-collar business, a contractor, a home service company, where do you think AI has real utility? And where do you think it is less, less useful and even in some instances kind of backfires? You know, it's a, it's a very interesting question. Um, I will tell you where I think it's um, the, the couple of points where I've seen it be useful. Um, and then maybe I'll share some thoughts on uh, why I do not think it's a terribly disruptive technology for many contractors in the industry Perfect. as a whole. So where I do think it can be effective is um, um, kind of those those menial um maybe marketing driven or office driven tasks. Um, the reason for that is there's a, a data set that exists out there, mostly because we, you know, those marketing and um, kind of admin level tasks um, live in a, a document, a spreadsheet on the internet somewhere. And that information can be digested, processed and normalized to be used in one of these large language models or into some automation um, 
at, at some point. So I think there might be some gains there in specifically marketing. Like I've seen, I was sitting with my sales guy this morning and he was, he was using ChatGPT as a, as a brainstorming partner. So a whiteboarding session, um, so to speak, to come up with some um, email copy that was maybe a little bit more creative. So think of it as like a, a, a brainstorming partner, maybe in those cases. And what I would ask contractors to think about is like, how many times do you ask for that brainstorming partner? <laughs> um, probably not many. Um, and so we had some interesting discussions around that. It actually did a pretty good job in, in, in some cases on uh, providing us with some ideas, uh, but it didn't get us all the way there. It wasn't 100% automated uh, thing. It still needed some human input, um, but it, that was that was relatively effective. Um, I think there's some automation. You know, I've seen some really interesting things done with, uh, you know, so-called agents through Zapier. Um you know, I think that stuff will continue to get better. Those agents are basically programmed to go out and perform tasks, um, sometimes not even when prompted. They're just kind of out there listening to data that you provide it and are able to complete tasks for you. Mm. Um, again, I think that's, um, you know, could maybe be some uh, efficiency gain to kind of the office realm mm -hmm. of running a contracting mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. um, the, the the maybe more interesting part of the discussion in my mind for contractors considering or thinking about how AI is affecting the, the trades um, is thinking about how unstructured the data of on-site construction and remodeling and service is. It is, and, and spoiler alert, it's very unstructured, mm -hmm. um, especially when you get into more complex projects. Um, you know, maybe you can make a case for garage doors, right? Garage doors are pretty, pretty simple, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of variability when you get into, you know, to that last 10% of, well, you know, what's the exact situation at this given home? Um, what year was it built compared to the other ones that we've serviced that are in our database, we might be able to make some predictions on. There, and then when you get behind the walls and, you know, each home's built so differently, when you look at it, this, the data does not exist in many of these cases to um, bring large scale true AI to even think about building robotics to do this work. Um, so there's two giant leaps that I think need to happen for contractors to be worried about their day jobs being disrupted, at least on the on-site side of things. One is that the data needs to be structured. I think that's a hundred year quest, frankly. Um, and then the data needs to be structured and the robotics need to be sophisticated enough built on top of that data for, you know, the local plumber, the outdoor living contractor, or you name the rest of trades to ever think about the on-site portion of the contracting industry to be truly disrupted by AI mm. and robotics. You're saying the roll up your sleeves and get the work done part of a contracting business is decades away from being disrupted, but the bookkeeping could be, um, you know, the, yeah. some of the admin tasks could be, um, some of the data tracking could be, 
but but when it comes to like the IRL version of our business, of which like seventy eight percent of it is, uh, that's actually like mm-hmm. like let me put it this way, Jeff. If blue collar businesses were a stock, were actually no, they were an amalgamation of mm-hmm. stocks, something like the S and P five hundred five hundred. There was like we could if we and we could just mm-hmm. say okay, we we're gonna put all of the Builders, landscapers, painters, roofers, spray foam companies, pool builders, et cetera, on this one index. You're kind of saying AI would actually be good for that stock today because it it, it places a higher value on those roll-up-the-sleeves type tasks that we're really, really good at. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's that's largely in contrast to, um, you know, those data-based um, you know, attorneys, um, uh, if you look at even some of the medical field, um, mm-hmm. you know, you look at x-ray techs, right? Uh, radiologists, that's very, very close to being disrupted in a very, very major way, right? Because there exists a um, database within hospital systems and, you know, sh- certainly at some level, likely in the insurance uh, providers, Um the ability to start to predict why x-ray, you know, 2 million out of the other 199, you know, 1,999,000 should be the way it is, should be read the way that it is. Um, so there's some, there's a lot of these high skilled um, industries and professions that are far closer to being disrupted in a major way yeah. than the trades are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's something. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 million homes in North America. And to go back to your idea of like how clean or how structured the data set is, I don't know that there's a spreadsheet that has the exact placement of every pipe and every beam on the inside of the walls and, you know, whether the ratings on every window and the pitch of every the pitch of every roof. Like, I don't think that that exists. The only place it exists is in reality. Yeah. And so that's what almost that's what puts a uniquely um, a unique and new and rare value on the skills and the prowess and the propensities uh, and the talents of trades people and tradesy businesses, and I think I think that's a very very interesting conversation, a very interesting point to make. Uh, you know, you you've you've got you've got young kids. I will have some soon. It's like we were joking offline. It's like put your kids in trades, not in bookkeeping right now. Yeah. Uh, that would be a very practical decision yeah. to make if you're like if you're looking at what is sort of AI yeah. proof or future proof as sort of overused and cliche as that bit is. I I I I know that this is on the mind of a lot of of a lot of our listeners right now. Yeah. And, you know, the other way to think about it, too, is, you know, radiologists aren't going away and um, at least overnight. And uh, same can be said for accountants. Um, However, their jobs are going to change a whole lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, They may be freed up to do higher value tasks. Um, You know, there's there's that innovation cycle that happens and affects the workforce uh, across a set of, you know, subset of industries, but, um, I don't think there's going to be a tectonic shift necessarily in the way that contractors do on-site work. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. certainly not. I think there's some implications to marketing and admin as we've talked about, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I, follow, 
a good bit of, you know, being a tech founder, I follow um, a lot of what's going on in you know, the traditional Silicon Valley startup ecosystem. And there's sure. certainly thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of AI startups that have been minted over the last six, eight months or whatever. Um, but um, hearing some of the voices that I respect a, a lot from that circle, um, they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, even they don't know, right? There, some of these stuff is is just absolutely unknowable. But the knowable thing that they talk about is the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, one of the guys said, I'm going to focus on the stuff that's literally I can drop a hammer on my toe. I know that's real. Mm. Um, and that's a good place to place bets at this point is the the parts of the economy that are are knowable. And I think, you know, by one um, way of talking about it, the lack of structure in the data of the housing market, the, the housing stock, um, the age of the housing stock, um, all of the challenges that people are having with rising interest rates yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, run down the list. There's a lot to be said for um, optimizing uh, a well-run business in the trades right now. Very interesting. I, I want to get your take on something that I've seen a lot as well. So I'll just sort of share my Benji's opinion on this, which is I um, would throw out a word of caution, and I have to many of my friends and colleagues about what I would just just coin a term here. It's like the blind over leveraging of large language models. And so here's what I see. A mm -hmm. lot of contractors, a lot of business people go, holy crap, I posted this question in and there's a paragraph back and there's no edits. And this is amazing because, you know, to be honest, I, I never, I don't really love writing. I don't really love reading. This is, this is, you're saying I don't have to write my website content now. You're saying I don't have to build any SOPs anymore. You're saying I can just ask GPT for a perfect sales script and it gives me one. And this is amazing. Like it's, it, it is sort of a greatest thing since sliced bread look on their face when they're talking about this. Um, mm -hmm. my, I'll, give you, I'll give you my personal take and I want yours. I worry that that's a bit of a mistake. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Um, when a homeowner is looking for work done on their house, they're looking for a thoughtful company. And if mm. five years from now, and I would argue that this will happen sooner, let's say two years from now, the look and feel of AI-generated written word content, for example, is very, very recognizable the way that face filters on Instagram are now because we've learned mm. to be able to discern. Mm. What does that say about your company? It says that it's somewhat thoughtless. It says that the owner just farmed out their brand building to GPT. It says that they just sort of like outsourced the critical thinking of their strategy to a large language model. And I and I sort of worry that the over leverage of this stuff early on creates a rush towards commoditization and a rush towards being indistinguishable, not discernible compared to your competition. 
especially at the brand and at the sales level. If you're re if you're using it heavily for the crafting of that messaging, I'd be quite concerned about how that stacks up against your competitors two or three years now, because guess what? They're doing the exact same thing and GPT is fully pulling from the exact same data set and there might be a few differences based on the prompt you gave and the question you asked, a few of the factors. But by and large, like the homeowner's gonna go, well, this just looks like, this just looks like bot speak to some degree. So, right. I, you know, I just I, I wonder if you if you feel the same way mm -hmm. if you've if you've seen something if a similar pattern. Am, am I just is is this going to be a bad soundbite two years from now and not age well because I'm just like some old traditionalist? Like, what's your thought on that sort of rush towards over leveraging AI in your business? Uh, it's it's a it's a layered question, and I, I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, I I agree with your sentiment generally, but maybe let me give some other thoughts as well. Um, and maybe they'll age better or worse than, <laughs> than what you've got, but, um, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to grab a beer sometime two years from now and, and see, but <clears throat> the, so yes, I, I am a big believer, especially when it comes to higher consideration purchases that a homeowner wants to have an experience that's not robotic. Um, so I think there's, um, if we were to play this out and say, um, for a remodeling company versus a pressure washing company, like I kind of don't care as much who, about the pressure washing. doing the pressure washing. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm, what's that? I, yeah, I said, yeah, you don't exactly. care as much so, about the pressure washing. No offense, pressure washers. Yeah, no, I mean, but they, I think they understand that too. They want to churn and burn, right? Um, right. So um, where there's premium pricing potential, where the experience is, is a bit more of a, an element, I, I think you're right on, right? That, that, that is not the top-notch experience that's going to allow you to uh, sell with value. It's going to be a commoditization, uh, you know, push towards commoditization if you're you if you're highly leveraging um, the data that everybody else is leveraging to create your messaging and your branding and your marketing materials, it's I think there's an there's a, a certain subset of the population who's just going to kind of roll their eyes at that eventually. I can I, I feel like I'm pretty good at already look at already spotting the the chat GPT stuff compared to you know a normal human um, produced piece of content. Um, so that, that's maybe one thing to think about. Um, another interesting thing that, um, and again, I generally agree with, with what you're saying, especially for you know, contractors that do want to sell more value and not just be the run of the mill guy or gal. Um, I, I agree that, that there is a bit of a rush to commoditization. Um, one other point to the, to the contrary, just for sake of, uh, admitting that maybe we don't know what we don't know at this point, um, you know, there's some. It's a bit of gamesmanship with the with the large language models and the um, the way that that's leveraged into marketing. And um, you know, you could say that there's some gamesmanship to the way that uh, blog posts are written for Google now. Um, so, um, is that gamesmanship detracting from the experience? And are all blog posts out there that are created to please the you know Google ad and right. PPC gods, um, the algorithms, are they 
um, high value and can they kind of be sussed out? Yeah, kind of. Um, so there's already, I think there's already elements of it, but I do think that if I, if I were to step out of my technologist role and go into uh, business running one of these, uh, you know, a local service or home improvement business, I would be very selective with how I was using chat GPT. I think there's yep. also, we're at the beginning of the frontier, so maybe it doesn't catch up to you right now, but in a couple of years, you know, maybe, maybe it does. Uh, maybe yeah. you do just look like everybody else and maybe that human touch and that experience. And, um, maybe that's the differentiator that you don't get with some of the automation, you know, kind of robotically created, uh, type of content and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, you know, it's, as I talk about this, I've, I'm noticing it's, it's difficult for me to parse out and keep separate sort of like my ethical dilemmas and feelings, like my moral stance on mm. this versus my practical business stance on it. It's difficult to keep them separated. Like yeah. I do, I need to admit in all transparency, like there's a lot that I do not like. I am actually not team AI. Like I am not a futurist. I mm. think that this, if there's major, major concerns on the ethical front. I think there's major concerns to, uh, I mean, just a very simple one, if like people need to learn to read and write. It's a very, very healthy, very, very mm -hmm. cathartic thing for the mm -hmm. human soul to do. If if the school system 10 years from now just says, yeah, if you know, forget it, we're not really going to bother with that in our curriculum because you know, this can do it for us. I don't think it's good for the species. Right. Okay. So that's my opinion, which no one cares about. And you guys can <laughs> hammer me in the comments, but like, uh, let me just keep that aside. Like I'll, I'll do my best. Just looking at it purely from a business standpoint where I see it has utility is like you said, it's very, um, uh, it, it's very like carefully considered. It's a specific thing. Like I would think of it, the term I'd use is mm -hmm. like, it's a gadget or a gizmo. It does a cool little thing for you. Like we use Remini for our mm -hmm. YouTube thumbnails to do, it's an interesting like graphic design tool that really helps bring out the colors and, and makes things beautiful quite quickly. Right. We were looking at using Autopod for editing this podcast. Like there are little things in our yep. world that we can plug into the system that we already have and, and it creates some leverage or some, some utility. But, but what, what it should not be, in my opinion, just, and again, I'm staying in the business practical arena here is, is don't farm out the critical thinking. Don't farm out the difficult decision-making, yeah. the brand building, the, the developing the messaging of your company. That is really, really important. And while it can spit back a paragraph yeah. quite quickly, it's not that good and it isn't you. And the market will two years, three years from now learn to see that as well. And so that's, that would be the mm -hmm. case I'm making the, the gentle caution against rushing towards large language models for every which way thing in your business overnight. Yeah. And, and to kind of, um, provide some additional, um, the patterns that I've seen, um, many times I have seen the, um, a, a contractor look towards a non AI piece of technology in hopes of saving their business, right? Growing their business. Right. right? If I, right. If I'm going to, I'm going to invest in a CRM tool or I'm going to put a ton of money into my website and that's going to, that's going to get her done. You know, that's going to make me, that's, that's going to do it. And man, I've seen that fail a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times. Right. This isn't um, that different. Or at least just not work out. 
it's it's the same thing, right? It's another piece of technology. Um, you cannot, you simply cannot outsource business strategy. Mm-hmm. It is deeply involved in who you are as a person, who your team is, um, and what you what you want to be as a business. So that's the part that I think is is critically important to understand. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, I I will at some point in the future do a little like like sort of list episode on the most pragmatic AI tools in in the contracting space. Mm. It's just taken me a while to kind of put this together because guess what? When I ask GPT, the answers I get aren't that good. I have to go and do my research still. Anyway, that aside, <laughs> there's some really really good stuff there. I know for a fact there's some really interesting stuff happening in the estimating space. There's some really cool like auto recognition mm-hmm. of blueprint stuff happening for estimators. There's really cool yep. site measuring stuff happening either from Ariel or they're pulling off of Google images. Uh, there's some really cool sales training AIs. There's one, I think it's called Revilla or something that basically records. Oh, Rilla, uh, Rilla Voice. Rilla Voice. Thank you. It records your salespeople's yep. calls on site and then basically points to a whole, your, your, your talk to listen ratio. It, it kind of zooms in and gives you feedback on your clothes. Like there's, so there's some cool, again, gadgets and gives gizmos. Mm-hmm. I just am cautioning against sort of outsourcing all your business thinking towards it. I want to ask you about so, how all this changes something else. And I think this actually really plays to your domain. Well, Jeff, um, when we think about sales, do you think that this conversation around emerging AI technologies increases the value of personalization in our in our branding, in our marketing, and then in our sales efforts? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think is um, um, a, a precursor of a trend is the leaning into if you look at search traffic for youtube over the last 10 years uh, there's probably some pretty chart about that but you know youtube is a is a growing um search engine obviously owned by google it's the second biggest search engine in the world yeah so it wasn't five years ago it wasn't probably you know it's it's a it's a recent trend and i think what's interesting about that is uh, that content is um, uh, uh, there. There's a lot to say about that content, but it is on the on the whole more personalized, right? The personalities, the people, the information. Um, it's it's further away from an AI generated type of mode of communication than a blog might be, which is, you know, a lot of the, you know, strategies that were, you know, more Google dependent, Google search engine dependent. Um, so using that as a bit of a barometer, a, a forecast, um, forecast that trend out more. Um, I think that, you know, what we're doing at, at Groundwork and the way that we see contractors leading, leading in, leaning into video on YouTube and other platforms, um, I think that's a an indicator of the interest in more personalization, more connection. Um, and so I think that's going to be a driving force for success for contractors is more of that personalization. And video just happens to be a really, really interesting way to personalize. Um, and um, I think there's a lot to be said for the way that's going to play out here in the next five, 10 years. 
homeowners are going to want to see the name in the face of the contractor. They, they, they're not yeah. going to enjoy the generative sales copy that's on every web. Like they're, they're going to want to see Tim or Sheila and what they look like and how their voice sounds and, and see this, you know, see the, the gate of their walk as they walk around the project. I mean, th these are things that you, that you would s suspect homeowners will place e even more value on in the future. And, and YouTube sort of use as a search engine is, is an early indicator of that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's, there's a lot you can get, um, I mean, there's there's a reason that like the visual senses of, you know, the way that many of us consume information is far more visual than it's ever been, um, simply just because that's um, there's probably some human element to that. Um, you know, some neuroscience probably has a scientist probably has a, a study on that. But, um, you know, I think it's we can all agree that's that's true. Yeah. Um, and contractors and small businesses leaning into that is um, a way to build trust. I think the beautiful part about that is it's actually pretty easy. <laughs> you know, it's not, I mean, sitting down and writing a blog post um, versus sending a personalized video through groundwork or another uh, other system that, that's yeah. available out there that might not be so trade specific, pretty darn easy. Yeah, You got a phone, it's yeah. got a camera on it. You just press record and talk to your, you know, hopefully your new friend and client. Um, so it's, it's the, the barrier to entry is super low. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, every, everybody's got it. Everybody wants to view things that way. So I think, you know, that's, that's a lot of what we're building at Groundwork is just a, a really simple and easy way to do that in the contract. Yeah, I know. It's, it's clever. I remember 10 years ago, Jeff, I remember uh, like, you know, with my painting business feeling like I really wanted to do that. And we sort of, we dinked around with taking videos, pre call them pre-estimate videos. And I would send one mm -hmm. to the homeowner. It would literally be like, take the video on your, you know, it was like HTC crappy phone. To upload it to the computer, <laughs> yeah. upload it from the computer to an email, send the email in the email, ask them for yeah. a return video for them to do a walk around of the house. Um, and I think I probably had a success rate of about like one in 20 before I abandoned the idea because it was just too difficult. But that one time yeah. I did it, it was a yeah. great estimate. And the homeowner was like, oh, it was so good to see yeah. your face. And this is awesome. So it's, what you've done is just basically compressed the, I think, intuitive desire or want to create that experience. And you've just made it really, really, really seamless and groundwork. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, there's, there's, there's some interesting bugaboos with handling video. You know, it's exactly what you said is, um, you know, the, the file size and like the graininess. Sure. I'm sure people out there have had the experience where they get a a file via email or text, a video, and it's like plays in that like postage stamp size right. on your phone. And it's like super grainy. It's like, what in the world happened from the time that person took the video, it went through the cell towers and whatever else, like, uh, you know, what happened? Um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks try to do, do photos, which is, which is good. And their system, you know, I've seen contractors that have like really cool systems for that. Um, but most people just want an out of the box thing that works and that's what we provide. And, and, you know, the photos, the one thing photos don't give you is that connection. Um, yeah. you know, it's fairly static. Um, you know, you don't get a feel for the space. Um, one of our early customers really had, um, 
he had a, a what we call a project walkthrough video come through and his reaction was, um, you know, I kind of asked him, interviewing him, like, hey, how's it going, man? And um, he said, oh, it's great. It's great. I got a video in and this uh, woman was railing on her husband. I told him to do this and that. And anytime you get emotion in a sales conversation yeah. like that, you got some good stuff to sell towards, right? So it's like, oh, you know, and and then work to relate to that, and um, yeah. you know, that that's the stuff that we're we're capturing in a quick and easy system. Um, so it, it's been fun to build, and it's fun to see, you know, the vision come to life from a handful of years ago, and um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be fun to continue to build in this environment where people just want to connect authentically. Jeff, tell us where people can check out Groundwork. Uh, what is the best URL or web page to go and do kind of a, a looky-loo, a demo, a trial? I'm not sure what you guys have on offer, but but where should people connect with with uh, yeah. with Groundwork? Yeah, so the website is hellogroundwork.com. Um, just like it's just like it sounds, hellogroundwork.com. We have a uh, we call a self-guided demo. You can go take a look at what the what we call the homeowner experience looks like. So upload a project video of your own. Um, we get some pretty hilarious, uh, videos in from contractors checking us out. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's where to go. Uh, you can sign up for a demo and learn about happy customers and all that stuff and just kind of poke around. Um, so hellogroundwork.com. Cool. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Really appreciate the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Benji. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.